Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Thank you. Would you take God's word and go to the book of Romans in chapter number 13, please? Romans chapter number 13. It is certainly a privilege, a blessing to be with you. Romans chapter number 13, your Bible will take our text from there. Uh, as you make your way, when you leave from here, uh, on my left side, it would be your right side, there is a table up there, and if you'll take one of our prayer cards, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, my family and I, we served as missionaries in Argentina uh, for many years, and we were blessed. In fact, the majority of my children uh, were born in Argentina. 2012, we began serving as the director of the mission agency. Uh, now we, what we do, instead of living in one spot, living in Argentina, now we go from different spots, we try to encourage people to give the missions, we recruit missionaries, and then we help them get to the mission field and get the job done. You know, so they're not their responsibility just to get over there, anybody can do that, that's called a tourist, right? It's their responsibility when they do get over there to get the job of the Lord done, and that's to start churches, that's to train people uh, for the work of God, and I'm so thankful. My family and I, I met my wife in Bible college and uh, we got married right afterwards. In fact, uh, I'm a very patient man. My father-in-law said we had to get married. We had to graduate first before we got married. So my, in my great patience, I almost waited an entire week and a half and I graduated. Buddy, I got married. And uh, my wife and I, we began to travel, getting our support ready to get over to the mission field. Our first stop right before we left, uh, we were going to head for uh, language school. And right before we left the United States, my first little girl was born, Lydia. And uh, she was born, and she was a joy to us. A couple months, probably about a month and a half after she was born, uh, we headed off to the mission field. We landed in Peru. That's where we were going to learn Spanish and get our feet wet and uh, learn about ministry before jumping over to Argentina. While we were in language school, my second daughter was born, Audrey. And so it was a joy. We were blessed with her. We left, from Ar we left from Peru. We arrived over to Argentina. We arrived over to Argentina. My third daughter was born. And then we started another church and my fourth daughter was born. Well, we were on a furlough back in the United States and we we're visiting some churches and my son was born. And I told my wife, baby, we got to stop leaving, crossing borders. We're having too many kids, you know what I'm saying? And so we stopped real quick, like, but God was good to us. God has been good. My oldest daughter, uh, she's 19. Uh, she was just recently married and her and her husband, they're on their way to Canada as missionaries with us. We're very proud of them, very thankful for them. And the rest of my children, uh, one of my daughters just graduated. The other daughter, she's a junior right now in high school. And we're very thankful for all that God is doing. We're in the book of Romans chapter number 13. And allow me to read a portion of scripture you know very well. Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse number 10. The Bible says this, that love, it worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love, it's the fulfilling of the law. All these, you know, the law of Moses, the law of God, all these principles, all these laws that God gave. And he said, let me go ahead and, you know, put this all down that everything can be fulfilled through love, right? 
We know Matthew 22, he said, they said, what's the greatest of all the commandments? He said, love. He said, love God and then love your neighbor, right? On all this is built absolutely everything else. Verse number 12, or verse number 11, the Bible says, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. When I was a young Christian, I remember reading through the Word of God and over and over, God was teaching me things, and I thought, what is this supposed to mean, God, that it's nearer than when we first believed? Well, that's not to be confusing to us in many things. When the Bible is confusing, the best concordance or best commentary on the Bible is actually the Bible. And we compare Scripture with Scripture. And I began to read, and God made it clear that simply means that I accepted Christ when I was 15 years old. I was in high school, and the time now that the Lord, He's coming to take me out of this world, to save me, to give me my internal, internal inheritance, it's a lot closer now than it was when I was 15 years old. And so He says, that time, it's coming very quickly. Verse number 12, the Bible says this. Um, verse number 12, that night, it's far spent, and the day is at hand. Let us therefore, because of that, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Well, if you got a pen, let's underline. This is a wonderful passage of Scripture. And as any passage of Scripture, there's so much that we could pull out of this. And I want to take you through this very quickly. We'll begin and we'll study and we'll focus on verse number 11. And if you got a pen, underline this. Very interesting. The Bible says this, and that knowing the time. Would you underline those three words? Knowing the time. Do you realize what time it is? Some of you are looking saying, almost lunchtime, buddy. Would you hurry it up? Yeah, I realize that. But do you know what time it is in life? You know, God has much to say about life. God has much to say about our time, our time here upon this earth. If we were to talk about life, I wrote down a couple of verses just to give to you about time. And when we run through the Word of God, the Bible said that our life, our time here, our life, it's like a vapor. It's here and it's gone. The Bible says that life, that's James chapter 4, but life, the Bible says in Psalm 103 that life is as dust. In other words, you, you know, maybe dust in the house and you clean it off and it's gone already. The Bible said that life is like wind in the book of Job in chapter number 7. In other words, the wind is something that you cannot see. It blows, it comes through, and all of a sudden it's gone just as it came through, right? The Bible said that life in 1 Peter chapter 1, 24, life is as grass. It's beautiful, it's green, it's wonderful, but then you cut it down, you get rid of it, or it becomes, green, or it becomes brown in the winter, whatever it may be. It's just like grass. That's our life. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 103 that life is like a flower. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, but it's only seasonal. And then all of a sudden it withers and it goes down. The Bible says in Psalm 89 that life is vanity. Vanity is something that you can't really grab a hold of. It's like grabbing a hold of smoke, you know, you just don't grab it. Or if maybe if there was a stream going through it, you dipped your hand down there and you said, look at this pretty water and all of a sudden it goes right through your fingers and you say, well, I had some right there and that's what life is. It gets away with it from us very quickly. The Bible says about life that in the book of Job, chapter 8, that life is like a shadow. In other words, you see it for a moment and all of a sudden, where's it at? Sun moved or the day's gone or whatever and the shadow's gone. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 14 that life is like spilled water. If I would have a cup of water up here and I drop and I said, oh my, and I start to clean it up, some of it gets in the carpet and it goes out. You can't put all the water back in the cup, it's all gone. You say, I remember when I was a young person. Well, that time is gone. I remember when I had my first, well, that time is gone. It just, 
Boy, life just goes away quickly. The Bible says that uh, in Psalm chapter number 90, life is like a tale or a story that is told. In other words, I love reading missionary biographies and I'll read about men and women of the past whom God has used and you say, you remember so and so and you tell about their life and in 30 minutes you're done. You've told everything you know about the person. The Bible said, that's what life is like. It's just a story that's told. Therefore, in Psalm chapter 90, he says, teach us to number our days. So here was the first question here in Romans chapter 13. It says, knowing the time. I ask you this morning, do you know what time it is? In other words, life is quick, right? Life is fast. It's gone. It's here and it's gone and everything. It just happened so quickly. I remember I told you that when I had my first little baby girl. And I mean, she was born. I was scared to death. And I mean, she was born. We took her home and we put her right next in a little bassinet right next to the bed. And I'm normally a heavy sleeper. And I mean, in the middle of the night, our first night, my little baby girl at home and she would cry, little whimpers. You know, man, I would jump up and ah, I didn't know what was going on, you know. And I'd run over and I'd pick my baby up and I'd give her to my wife and I'd say, she's hungry. I mean, that's the only thing I know what to do, you know. Clueless dad here, you know. And she's hungry. My wife said, I just fed her 10 minutes ago. And I said, She's hungry again. I don't know what to do, you know. Like, I, I'm clueless, man. And so, you know, we go through that. And I, I remember not long ago, my, my girl, little bitty baby, all of a sudden now she's married and she's gone. I said, Lord, where did the time go? You know, you remember when you were a kid and it seemed like Christmas, at least for me, Christmas came every three, four years. I mean, Christmas took forever. And by the time the end of Christmas Day, buddy, I had me a list about that long. I was ready for next year, you know. <laughs> now, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. I have five children. Now it seems like Christmas is every three months. I got a birthday every week and a half, it seems. Good night. I got to get a second job for this, you know. What in the world? Boy, time goes by quickly, doesn't it? I mean, where'd it go? Don't you remember last winter? Don't you remember last summer? Don't you remember? Now we say pre-COVID. It's almost like, yeah, millions of years ago. Yeah. What in the world? When was that? I wish I knew. You know, where did the time go? But not only our life, when we talk about that, knowing the time, how the brevity of our life, how short life is, but we could also talk about the return of Christ. You realize how near it is, dear friends? I mean, you look around you. It doesn't really matter. Everything seems to be pointing towards the Lord coming back. Whether it's our political situation or social situation or moral situation or religious, spiritual state, whatever it may be. But yeah, I mean, it all appears that the Lord, he's coming back soon. In fact, if we run through the word of God, you know all these verses just as well as I do. But the Bible says, as a thief in the night, he's coming, buddy. When we least expect it, as in the days of Noah, everybody's partying out. Everybody's enjoying life. Nobody's expecting. All of a sudden, here comes our Lord. And he said, do you know what time it is? In other words, if you had that watch and you looked and you said, Oh my, do you realize what time it is? And this is what he wakes us up to. The very first thing he says, knowing the time, do you know what time it is? And we can talk about so many other things about our time, but do you know what time it is? Well, look at the next section, verse number 11 there. And then knowing the time, look what it says, there's a comma there. Knowing the time, now it is high time, what does it say there? To what? Awake, out of sleep. Time to awake, would you underline that? So we know what time it is. You say, what time? And you say, oh, brother, we know. I mean, we know that time's going by fast. We know that our life is short. We know that the brevity, we know our kids are growing up. And we know everything just flying. We know that the Lord's coming. We know what time it is. You don't need to tell us that. We already know that. And I know very well any good preaching. And you and I, we know the word of God. Nobody has to tell us something new. We already know this. And he says, I remind you, do you know what time? Oh, we know what time it is. He says, good. I'm glad you do. He said, then it's time to awake. 
What is that little instrument that we use to wake us up in the morning? What do we call that? Somebody? An alarm. How many of you love your alarm clock? Raise your hand. Anybody love your alarm clock? Absolutely not. You do? Oh man, good for you, buddy. I don't know what you have on that alarm, but I don't like mine. You know why? I mean, that alarm, you know, alarm serves for two different reasons. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you could have, I remember, in fact, I remember when the cool alarms, you know, it used to be, there's one sound. You're like, get a brick and shut that thing up, you know, come on. But you know, I mean, that alarm, and it just makes one sound. Now, you know, I mean, you could have on your iPhone or, you know, smart device, whatever, you could have any different, you could have your favorite song come on, you could have, you know, the birds chirping, you could have anything, you could have a Bible verse, you could have somebody say, wake up, sleepyhead, you know, whatever you want. But let's be honest, the alarm serves for two specific purposes. First of all, the alarm, it disturbs what you're currently doing. You know what I'm doing? When the alarm goes off, I mean, I'm dreaming, man. And in my dreams, please excuse me, but I am the hero of my own dreams. You say, brother, that's egotistical. I said, they're my dreams. Have your own there, buddy, you know? Like, I'm enjoying, and most of the time in my dreams, man, I mean, I don't know, I've always got these wild dreams and I, I might be saving little kids out of a burning building, you know? And I mean, right when all of a sudden it's getting ready to burn down, I grab three little kids, I'm getting ready to jump out the window, and all of a sudden you hear, whoop, whoop, whoop. You're like, what in the world? Then you wake up and you're like, oh man, I want to go back to that. I was so cool back there, you know? Man, it was great. It disturbs what you're currently doing. Listen to this. And as the Lord says, do you know what time? Yeah, we do. And the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God, says, good. Then I want to disturb the way that you're thinking. The way that you're living. The way that you are doing all of your life. How we have our families. How we use our finances. How we use our time. I want to disturb absolutely everything. When I was in Argentina... We would have not just a, an alarm clock, we had an alarm on our house. A lot of petty theft there, and we were robbed so many times I couldn't count it. I mean, we'd, we'd, go, to, we'd go to church and say, somebody broke in. You know, it was a sound system one day, it was a piano the other day. I mean, those guys were good. I mean, they can steal something. They can take your socks off your feet running down the street and still leave your shoes on. Buddy, they're good. I mean, these guys, they knew how to do it. So they were always stealing something. You know, I'd get home and they would say, uh, you know, my neighbors would come by and say, hey, Jeff, somebody climbed over your wall and, you know, we saw them, they took this. I mean, I was always scared. I thought, what in the world? So we put this alarm system on our house. And I mean, that alarm, man, when it would go off, it whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, the entire neighborhood could hear the alarm. And I was okay with that. You know, I wanted everybody, you know, if I had to wake up, you got to wake up, big boy. You know, like, I wanted everybody to know. And man, that alarm go, but it seemed like when the alarm went off, it was always like 3.30 a.m., 4 a.m., you know, the time when you're like, I'm dead. You know, I don't even realize that. Just come in, you know, take what you want, get out, you know. I, I'm gone, and I'm a heavy sleep, so I don't even know. I remember many times that it would go off, but I remember one specific time when it would go off, and in the middle of the night, whoop, whoop, well, I'm in the middle of my dream. I told you these wild dreams that I'll have. I'm jumping out of the building. I'm saving the kids. I'm like, yeah, and all of a sudden, I feel this, boom, someone hits me on the chest. You know, it takes me a minute, like, what in the world? My wife said, somebody's in the house. And I'm like, what? what? Where am I at? What's going on? What? And my wife said, somebody's in the house. Go downstairs and check. And finally, you know, I wake up to my sister. I'm like, oh my goodness. At the time, our house... We had made the downstairs, they had a, a, a living room right here, and then a, like a balcony part, and underneath was the kitchen area, and then uh, up top, that's where we had our three bedrooms for our, our children, our bedroom, and then two other bedrooms. And so we were right there. My wife said, somebody's in the house. Go check. 
And I remember when I woke up, I'm like, I'll stay with the kids. You go check. <laughs> like, I ain't going down there. Like, good night. You know what I mean? Like, uh, call your dad. Like, I, no way, man. This guy, like, I don't have a pretty face. I don't want to get even worse than it is. You know, I don't want to get beat up. You know, so, um, okay. And, you know, then um, it takes me a minute. I'm like, uh, okay. And so my wife stands there with the kids and I'm walking down. So I go down the stairs and I turn around. As I turn around, you know, the panel's on the wall there. It'll say what zone. And usually that zone and Many times it happened to us, and it was a window that was open, or, you know, I didn't seal it all the way. It has this magnetic strip there, or maybe something happened. And so many times it was something simple. So I, I walked down the stairs, scared to death. I turned around the corner, and look on the panel, it said Zone 3. Oh, zone 3, that's, in, in Argentina, most houses have outside, they call it what they call a quincho. A king chose like a back house, and that would be more like a shed, what we have, but it's specifically made. They have a lot of asado, and asado is a, a grill, and they have at least every weekend, a good Argentine family, they have a grill at least every, every weekend, if not a couple times a week. And so they'll do all that grill. They have that grill in the back house there in that little garage. It can have maybe a, a, a room that where you could study or a little kitchenette or something, but that's where it is. So I remember it said zone three. It's back in the king show. I'm like, of course it is. I mean, it can't be something simple that I just, I'm like, oh my goodness. So I walk back to the kitchen. I open the door. It's a middle, I mean, it's 4 a.m. I'm like, what am I doing? I open that door, you know, and I walk outside and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to die. I mean, just give me a heart attack right now. Why do I have to get beat up? You know, like, I'm going to get, the guy's going to say, boo, and I'm like, ah, oh, boo, and now I'm going to fall over. You know, like, I don't want to die. I don't want to do, like, what am I doing? So I remember I get close to the quincho door. And I don't know what you do when, you know, you get scared. I kind of sing to myself and I'm like, Oh, Jesus, don't help me die tonight. You know, I make up my own song. They're pretty pathetic anyway. But anyway, I make up my own song. And so I get to the door of the quincho, and I'm like, oh, man. So I slide open the door, and I remember I jump back. And as I jump back, I don't know why I jump back. I thought maybe someone's going to run. Oh, no, he opened the door. You know, I'd run out. You know, maybe he's a British guy. But anyway, man, I, I open the door. Nothing happens. Put my hand in there. I flip on the light. and Nothing. You know, I'm standing back there because I'm hoping, you know, maybe I'll see something so I can run off and call the cops and be like, I locked them in, now come get them. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no plan. And so I remember I flipped open that curtain. I walked in there. And as I walked in there, man, you know, I'm scared to death. I've already sung to myself. Now I'm, you know, doing my karate move. And I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, just so somebody could look. I've never, you know, I took one karate lesson in all my life. You know, I do have a brown belt if anybody's curious today. But anyway, I mean, I, I don't really know karate, but I'm doing the karate move just in case anybody comes. They're like, oh, no, he knows karate. Runs, you know. I don't know. But, man, I'm doing my karate move. So I remember I'm in there. I look in the little kitchenette. I mean, just one big giant room. Nothing right there. Well, there's some little stairs. It probably goes four or five up. Has a little ledge there. Goes about four more, and it's a little loft. You can put a desk there or a bed there or, you know, just somewhere, just a, a little office space. And so I remember I... I get ready. Man, I'm scared to death. What am I doing? This alarm totally woke me up. I didn't want to be here. My wife sent me here. I didn't even want to come here. I should have sent my kids. What am I doing? Like, kids, dad left the present out there. Go get him. Like, I don't know. What am I doing? You say, what a cruel dad. I didn't say I'm a good one. I'm just scared, you know? So I remember I'm walking around the corner. As I walk around the corner, I look right here. And about four or five steps up, there's a little ledge. And it goes to those four others. And right about the ledge, right when I turn around and I go like this, this black cat jumps at my face. And he jumps. Man, I'm jumping back. I don't know how the cat got in there. Man, he jumped down. He took off out that door. Man, he was gone. Man, it took, I don't know, it took me probably three minutes. 
you know, I was scared. I walk back, I end up closing off the light, you know, shutting the lights down, closing the door, I walk back. I get upstairs, my wife says, is everything okay? And I'm like, she's like, oh, we're playing charades tonight. How good, you know, like, what are we doing? You know, my wife is a very light sleeper. So she's like, oh, okay, so everything's okay. I'm like, she's like, okay, so my wife, like, you know, five, four, three, two, she's out. And I'm like, the rest of the night, I'm like staring at the ceiling. <laughs> I do not want to do this. Do you know what the alarm does? It disturbs what you're currently doing. Listen, dear friends, how are we living our lives? Are we really living like we believe that Jesus is coming back? Are we really using our time like we know he's coming back, like he wants to use our lives? Are we using maybe our influence with other people or our time at work or whatever God, are we using that for him? And God says, I want to disturb what you're doing, how you're living, what you're thinking, every activity, I want to disturb it. But the alarm doesn't just disturb you. The alarm also requires you to jump into action. When I was a kid, my alarm clock was my mom. <laughs> and so my mom would walk in. My brother and I shared a room. My mom would walk in. She'd say, boys, get up. And I hate to admit this, but I knew the way that my mom thought and worked. And so I knew what I could get away with. And I should never do that. I've got kids now. I'm reaping what I sow, you know, and I, I shouldn't have, but I knew exactly what I get. So normally in my household, and my mom would come in, she said, boys, get up. And we would do something, you know, didn't even open our eyes. We thought we were talking. You know, when you talk, when you're sleeping, it makes no sense to everybody else. But you really think, you know, I'm carrying on a conversation. I'm really good at this, you know. And so my mom would walk out the door and close the door. Well, when she closed the door, you know, we did. We're good, mature, responsible kids. We got up. Absolutely not. I mean, I just laid back down. I'm like, see ya. You know, I got another 10 more minutes. The next time mom would come up, she would open up the door and she'd say, boys. And the, she'd raise up her, you know, tone level would go up. And she'd open that door and say, I said, get up. I'm like, now we'd sit up in bed. I mean, we're, I said, you know, we're not totally committed, but we're halfway there. You know, so we'd sit up in bed and, okay. We're like, even raise our, you know move the head a little bit. Mom's like, okay, I'm sold. She'd walk out the door and close the door. Guess what we did? We woke absolute boom. We're back, boom. You know, we're back to snoring, baby. We're back to third dream. We're, everything's good. You know, the third time in the household that I grew up, everybody's different. Third time in the household I grew up meant you wake or you die. And waking was so much easier. <laughs> you know, this wasn't a video game. You don't get another chance at it, you know? So, man, I mean, when that next time, all we'd hear is coming down the hall. And the next thing I knew, mom would put her hand on the doorknob and I don't know how. It was like God sent an angel. We knew every time, right when the door went like this, me and my brother were like, we're up, we're up, we're up. And I mean, we were ready to roll. We'd go into the bathroom, we'd put water on our face. We'd go get some food. We'd get our books ready. We'd get everything ready for school. But you know what? When mom would say to get up, that alarm, mom would say, get up. Well, the alarm disturbs us, but it also required us to jump into action. Get up. Wash your face. Get up. Go get something to eat. Get up. Get your books ready. Get up. Comb your hair. Whatever it may be, you got to go do it. Now listen to this. Do you know our Lord gave us commandments? You know our God has taught us different things, not so that we could have some head knowledge, yet so that we could live our lives for Him. You know the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, 20, Mark 16, 15, Luke 24. We know it. John 20, 21. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. All through the Word. We have the great commission. We're the soul of the earth. We're the light of the world. We're His ambassadors. We're His witnesses. We're His instruments. All that God's told us to do. It's not so that we can have a knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. 
God said, the great commandment, it is not an option to be considered. It's a command that must be obeyed. We are required, dear friend. God has not told us so that we can just know. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, James chapter 4, it is sin. We know all these different things and the problem is many times, not you, I'm not pointing at you. And when I point one finger at you, dear friend, I've got three or four looking back at this ugly mug. But I'm saying that many times as Christians, we are full of knowledge. And God said, no, sir. You know what that alarm is for? It requires action. Get up and do something about it. Dear friend, when we, if we ran through the Word of God and if, if we took all the time, it goes through there and look at verse number 12. It says, cast, let us therefore cast off. And it says, let us put on. Verse number 14, put ye on. The, and we, this is a theme, this is a principle throughout the Word of God that you can go through the book of Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter chapter 1, James chapter 1. We can go through the Word of God and it says, put off, put on, put off, put on. Let me ask you, what do you need to put off? so that you can totally surrender and give your life to Christ? What do you need to put to the side, lay to the side, so that you can say, oh God, use me. Let the alarm go off to remind you that he's coming back, to remind you that your life is brief, remind you of all that you need to be reminded of, and then require you jump into action, dear friend. What do you need to set to the side? What attitudes do you need to set to the side? What habits do you need to set to the side? What do you need to do so that you could put on the Lord Jesus Christ and begin serving him now? Let me ask you, what is stopping you Listen, what is stopping you from being fully committed to the Lord Jesus Christ? What is stopping you, mom and dad, to say, God, if you want to use my children as missionaries, I won't hold them back and say they have to live next door. God, they're all yours. What is stopping you, grandma and grandpa, from saying, God, if you want to use my grandchildren, they're all yours. What's stopping you from saying, oh God, I'm going to pull up that slip that Brother Richard said, and I'm going to put my name on it, and I'm going to say I'm going to start giving to grace giving every week and every month through this church. God, if you want to use my life, young person, what's stopping you from going to the mission field? I have a friend who now serves in India, and he's a good man. He loves God. And he said, you know how God called me? I said, how's that? I call him Dr. Jim. He's an older gentleman. He's a good man. And I said, how's that, Dr. Jim? And he said, we were in Bible college, and a man was up there, a, a missionary, and he said, what's stopping you from serving Jesus? He said, I looked at my wife. We were newly married. I looked at my wife, and I said, well, there's nothing holding us back. Let's go be missionaries. And they've given all their years of life and they've served God. What is stopping you, dear friend, from going all in? What's stopping you from giving? What's stopping you from saying, God, here's my children? What's stopping you from taking a missions trip next summer? What's stopping you from saying, God, here's my life to be a missionary? What's stopping you from going out and passing out tracts? What's stopping you from putting tracts in your pocket and saying, I'll invite somebody next week? What's stopping you from getting involved in church? What's stopping you from going all out for Jesus? Could you imagine if each one of us brought one person to church next Sunday? We'd have to bust these walls out. By the way, you guys have the coolest coffee spot in all the world. I mean, I'm sold. I'm going to come up here next Sunday with my wife. This is great. <laughs> great coffee and donuts. You can't beat that one. Listen, what's stopping us? So this is what the Bible says. Do you know what time it is? Oh, of course we do. We know what time it is. Come on, we know how brief our life. Come on, we know all that. Come on, we know that the Lord's coming. We've known that so long it's not funny. He said, good, I'm glad you do. Thanks for admitting it. He said, then it's time to awake. Are we sleeping in apathy? Are we sleeping in non-concern? Are we sleeping in, oh God, it doesn't matter? Are we just 
you know, sleep, and the devil's given us exactly what he wants so we can take the sleeping pills so that we just go through life, floating through life. God did not make you to float through life. God made you to serve him. We're not saved to sit, dear friend. We're saved to serve. And the Lord wants to use your life. It's time to awake. What decision do you need to make for our Lord? And I am convinced that absolutely every child of God, every week I have the privilege of going into Christian schools and talking to young people, and I plead with the young people, give your life to Jesus. What could we do? Listen, all over the world, I can tell you about Buenos Aires, Argentina, where I live. I was in an area of about five million, three to five million people. There was no other missionary there. I can tell you about the capital city in Buenos Aires, Capital Federal. I can tell you about 16 million people. There's great need. I can tell you about the 46 million people in Colombia. I can tell you about South Africa. Africa where my friends are. The majority of people are working with the Dutch. Very few people working out in the tribal areas. I can tell you over in India where my friends Eric Elrod is serving and there's very few people that are reaching because the language is so difficult. All over the world there's a great need. Listen, and God could do the work all by himself if he wanted, but God doesn't choose to do the work by himself. He chooses to use you and me as his human instruments. You say, God never told me to go. God never told me to do anything. Oh, dear friend, you're not going to see writing on the wall or scream down from heaven or something written in the skies. God has already told you through his word, it's time to awake. May we give our lives to him. When I was a kid, we used to say this little, I don't know, like a nursery rhyme. It would say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Anybody ever heard that? And if I wait before I die, I pray the Lord. Yeah, you, you've heard that. Well, I got another rendition. Listen to this. Too long I've laid me down to sleep and prayed the Lord my soul to keep. I should wake before I die and realize time it's passing by and rise and go and tell the lost despite my plans and despite the cost. Too long I've laid me down to sleep while multitudes about me weep and utter cries of deep despair while many do not seem to care. My life is short and soon I'll stand with sinner's blood upon my hand unless I wake before I die and realize time is passing by. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God, he says, you know what time it is? Says, oh yeah, of course, good night. We all know that. And he said, good, glad you do. Then it's time to awake. He wants to disturb the way we're living, thinking, doing anything about us. And he wants to require us into action. What do we need to do to get involved in the work of God now? Can we pray? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Oh, Father, I love you. Lord, I need you. Every one of us that are here this morning, God, we need you. Some may need you for salvation. And may this morning they put their faith and trust in you. If they don't know where they're going to spend eternity, God, may they accept the greatest, most wonderful gift in all this world to know that they can go to heaven when they die. Lord, those others, Lord, that are your children, Lord, may you awake us to reality. Make you, may you awake us, God, to realizing that time is going by, realizing that hell is real, realizing that people are lost, realizing that the need is great. God, would you awake us? Disturb the way we're living, God. We go on in a uh, routine in life, not even caring who is next to us when we go to the gas station or in the grocery store. God, may we invite them to church. May we tell them about you. God, may we wake up. May we realize that our lives must count for you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed as the piano begins to play. Let me ask you a question, dear friend. What is the Lord dealing with your heart? 
Would you be sincere? Would you be open? Would you be genuine? Would you be tender towards God and say, oh Lord, if you'll pinpoint something, God, I'll give it to you. For this cause, God, I'll give it to you. God, my life is yours. It's in your hands. God, my kids are growing up. My time is going by. God, all that you've given me, God, may I not come to the end and realize that I've wasted it all. Use my life, use my goods, use my influence. It's all in vain. Oh, God, wake us up. Lord, I need you. We love you. Bless Brother Tyler as he comes up and he concludes us through this time of invitation. And then as we sing, oh, Lord, use us. God, set our soul afire for you. God, place it, the burden so heavy upon us that we cannot rest this afternoon. We cannot sleep tonight. We cannot do anything until we make a choice for you. God, what a wonderful church. God, what a great group of people on a Sunday morning. God, may we not bank on what we've seen in the past and what we know from the past. God, may we expect more from you and may we give it all to you. We love you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.